Welcome to Diabetes Unplugged. Welcome back to Diabetes Unplugged, the podcast where we shine light on life beyond the diagnosis and dare to redefine the way that we approach diabetes wellness. I'm super excited for today's episode, as I am every single week. But today, I have a very special guest who is very near and dear to my heart, um, and that is none other than the one and only Miss Sherry Steffens. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Now, the reason why Sherry is so special to me is because she is inside of one of my programs, um, Dominating Diabetes Academy. I mean, I guess, and the five-day blood sugar reboot. We've been through it all together, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So you're part of a couple of different things that I got going on, which I, I'm so excited about. Um, but I wanted to have you on today so we can just chat. We can just have a good conversation about your journey because your journey with diabetes is so significant. And I think that listeners can really just get a lot out of your story. I think it's so important for you to be able to share your story. So I'm going to start there and just have you kind of share a little bit about your journey with diabetes from as far back as you can remember and just what it was like for you or what it is like for you. I can't even remember um, when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Um, I do remember when I was pregnant with my second child, um, I had gestational diabetes. And they told me that during that process that there might be a chance that um, later on I would develop uh, type 2 diabetes. And sure enough, I have type 2 diabetes. Um, When I was first told um, that I had diabetes, um, I was scared, um, nervous. And even until I started with dominating diabetes, I was the same way. Um, scared to eat this, scared to try this, um, scared to do this or that because, you know, it's unknown. Um, yeah. I was never told, you know, that you could actually reverse diabetes. Mm. I just thought it was something I would live with for the rest of my life. And, right. um, it, it's scary. You know, people, when you say, oh, you know, I have type 2 diabetes, people don't think that type 2 diabetes is a serious condition, and it is. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know that early on, like when you were diagnosed. Did you know how no. serious it was, or it was just... No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. You know, I played with it. Um, um, I lost hair, um, skin changed. Um, um, I lost a lot of weight. But, you know, you know, you lose weight, you're like, hey, I'm losing weight, you know, right. <laughs> not a big deal. You think, oh, OK, I'm just losing weight. Not knowing that that was one of the signs of diabetes and, it, and my, how high it was running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how soon after how soon after giving birth? Because you started with gestational diabetes. It was like two years later, two it was years two later. later. OK, gotcha. And um, it was. To me, it's always been, I'm not even going to say a curse, but um, I don't even know the word for it. Um, it's not even you know, scary anymore. Um, not to the point where, because um, I've had some really scary moments. I've 
even lost a choke due to my diabetes. Oh, wow. You do Okay. I was going to ask you what were some, what were kind of like the most significant challenges that, that you've faced? Because you're, what was your starting A1C? So you had gestational, you gave birth, two years later, you're type two. What was your starting A1C? Um, when I, when they first diagnosed me, my A1C was as high as 18. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Then I thought, oh, okay, I have this great doctor and this doctor is going to help me. Uh, I was just going to a family doctor. Then they sent me to an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is a doctor who specializes in diabetes. This is going to change. This is going to make a change. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make a change. It actually um, seemed to get worse. It was um, like a nightmare because I spent that time every two to every three months riding for 20, 25 minutes to go to the doctor. And then when I get there, I'm waiting in the room and um, only for him to come in and be in the room for like five minutes and say, oh, we're just going to up your medicine. Well, and, and that's where I was. Were there any questions asked about your diet or your sleep or anything like that? My family doctor would ask me those things. Um, but not the endocrinologist? No. It was it was more like, you know, and we're done. Right. You know, we're we're going to up your, your, your A1C is, is this. Um, and before I started with you, I thought that was normal. I thought, you know, you're, you're putting me on this medicine. You know better than I do, mm-hmm. you know, and going to see the dietitian and them telling me, oh, you know, you can't have this. Don't eat this. And if you eat this, you can only have like eight of eight grapes or, you know, you have mm-hmm. to count out everything that you put in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that was, was your diet mind. like before? I was not eating any fruits. Well, um, Watermelon has always been my staple. I love watermelon. Okay. But it was, you know, a lot of processed foods. Gotcha. Um, then I, I eventually switched that. Um, just doing a little self-study myself. So it's like um, fresh vegetables. Uh, but I still wasn't eating fruits. And I love fruit. Mm-hmm. Because I was told, you know, fruit and fruit juices have a lot of sugar. And mm-hmm. that would spike your your um, your diabetes. That would make your sugar go up. Right. You know, so and, and, you, when you met with the dietitians, that's what they were saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. If you eat um, um, a hamburger, you can't have any fries or you have to count out your fries. And it was, it was limiting. The diet that they put you on was limiting. Mm. I mean, and, and it set you, set you up to fail. There's mm-hmm. no way possible that you could stick with this. Right. No way. And Absolutely. that was my life. It was a roller coaster going up and down, up and down. I would, um, my A1C would drop, but it never dropped to, to where it is now. Gotcha. So you went from an 18 when you first got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I know by the time that you found me, you were at a 14. So it had gotten mm-hmm. down a little bit and that was through the restrictive dieting. Yeah. Well, okay. um, when I... um. I stepped on a piece of glass mm-hmm. and that's how my toe became affected. Gotcha. And I was doing everything that I was supposed to do. I went to see wound doctors, but when your A1C is that high, 
your body doesn't heal like it should. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so the infection eventually got down to my bone and boom. Yeah, to amputate your jaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What other symptoms were you experiencing? I know you said uh, hair loss, weight loss, but did your weight kind of go up and down? Up and down, up and down. But once the um, doctor put me on um, fast-acting insulin with each mm-hmm. meal and um, Lantus at night before bed, um, I started gaining weight. Just okay. it, it was excessive. You could tell it was it wasn't a healthy weight gain. My skin tone started to change. I started to have um, black spotches um, on my body. What else? The dry skin, really dry skin. Um, rough, dry feet. Um, it was it all of those things. And my eyesight. I go to um, an eye doctor, optometrist, and um, I have to keep my, um, my, my A1C down. Else, I already have some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, else, I will lose my eyesight. Right. And and it did. All of those things, um, I guess I can say I'm grateful for one thing. It never really affected, well, I'm not going to say really. It has never affected my kidneys. Good. Good. But my eyesight, um, skin, um, what else? Hair. Oh, a lot of um, yeast infections. Okay. Those were like, it was like um, second nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that I don't think that a lot of people understand, like unless you're living it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand exactly what you were saying, how serious diabetes is. It's mm-hmm. looked at as, oh yeah, this person has diabetes. They just have high blood sugar. But the reality is, because your blood sugar is so out of whack, it's affecting so many other areas of your life. Yes. And yes. that's why, you know, I wanted to create Diabetes Unplugged to share life beyond the diagnosis because it's not just about the blood sugar. It's not just about that. It's like you were dealing with all these different symptoms as a result. And I think the frustrating part is going and seeing, you know, dietitians and, you know, um, other doctors and whatnot thinking yeah, like they, they went to school for this stuff. They know what they're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Only for it to get worse. That was my exact same experience was like going to see the people to tell me what to eat and all that. And it was like they talked they talked at me instead of with me. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a, they kind of just brush you off where you go into the doctor's office and you're spending five, 10 minutes and well, they got a whole bunch of other clients that they got to see. So there's mm-hmm. no time to help you even understand what's going on it's just take this medication and we'll see you back for more yeah after a while yeah so what was kind of like the breaking point or what was the moment that you um or even experienced that motivated you to kind of reach out to me how did you find me um i was actually on um, instagram And um, came across one of your videos and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I think she might be on to something because at this point I was trying to find anything to cure myself. Mm -hmm. We went to a family reunion and the whole time during the family reunion, I was miserable. I told my husband, I'm like, I can't take these shots anymore. 
every time I take these shots, I feel like I'm dying. Mm. I would get sick. It was affecting me, um, not just outwardly, but my internal organs were, was seemed like they were starting to shut down. Mm. I was doing so much insulin and it wasn't even that, but then you, you know, you go out of town, you got to carry all of this stuff with you when you go out, when you go, when you leave to go somewhere, do something. Mm. And Taking those shots, I'm telling you, every time I took them, I felt sicker and sicker. Mm. The day we came home from um, our vacation, and my husband kept saying the whole time, uh, you need to find a new doctor, you need to find a new doctor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still thinking he knows best. You know, he's a specialist in this field. Right. But um, when I came home, the first thing I did that next business day was find a new doctor. And I did, and that was my turnaround. When I found you and I found her because she listened to everything I had to say. I love that. She did not say, well, you know, um, you need to go see a dietitian and you need to do this. If I told her I eat a lot of um, um, broccoli and um, carrots and I don't fry my food, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I steam my stuff and, and we eat this way and we eat that way. You know, before it was like, yeah, sure you do. If you did, right. you know, you wouldn't have diabetes. Right. I could just see right. the look on their face. The and judgment. It's, oh, it's okay, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. really? But that's how it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then found you. And I was so scared. The first time when I did the um, reboot with the watermelon <laughs> and all that it fruit vegetables, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! I swear, I was nervous. Who would be nervous to eat fruit? There, it, it didn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. My my sugar levels stayed down. Yeah, and I was like, okay, wait a minute now. This is <laughs> this is craziness. <laughs> and I told my husband, I said, they don't tell you this stuff. They don't mm-hmm. tell you this stuff. And then how you you showed me how you know if you want a donut. You need to eat this first and do this first and do this. You need to have your donut. Mm-hmm. Try that too. Hello. <laughs> Come on now. Are you serious? That's so awesome. I, so I want to back up a little bit. So you ended up you ended up finding a new doctor. This doctor was so much better than the other doctor that you had that had you on all the medication. Mm-hmm. She took uh, me off everything. And started mm, okay. with I love that. So one of the the common um, or most frequent conversations that I find myself having, especially lately, is people asking questions about doctors. And a lot of people are in that situation that you started in where they feel unheard by their doctors. They don't feel supported. They feel really judged or like they're not really there to help them. It's more so like I'm just going to get put on more medication, but I'm not being asked about my lifestyle or about what it is that I'm really mm-hmm. doing. You know what I mean? Because there's kind of like this preconceived, you know, idea that exactly like you said, well, if you had diabetes, you know, you're automatically, you know, looked at as lazy or like you mm-hmm. don't care or like you're not doing what you need to do in order to fix it. And so I find myself having to tell people all the time, you have to understand that you hire the doctors, not the other way around. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can fire a doctor. You can find a new doctor. If you don't feel like you're being heard or listened to or supported in the way that you you really feel like it's your intuition. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like something was telling you, I need to get a new doctor. 
You know what I mean? And sometimes we can be really scared about that because number one, it's a process to find a new doctor. But secondly, we feel scared. We feel like, well, the doctor is supposed to know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? But I have to remind people often, I think we talked about this inside DDA, is you are your own best doctor in the sense that you know what feels right and what doesn't. You know what feels good and what feels bad. You know, you know, we have what's called an innate wisdom. And if it's telling you, you know, this just doesn't feel right or I'm not feeling supported, make sure that you go and find somebody that's going to support you in the way that you need. So whether that's finding a new, you know, Western medicine doctor or finding someone like me that's more, you know, holistic medicine, that kind of thing. But do your due diligence because this is your life exactly. that we're talking about. It's your life. And so if you're going to put your life in someone's hand, you better make sure that they're for you. You know yeah, what I mean? So that that's that's important. I kind of thought, too, um, that I was predisposed to, to have diabetes because my, my grandmother had it. My mom had it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, you know, when you go in and you fill out those papers, have you know, and it's um, has anyone is anyone else in your family um, diabetic? You know, and and I thought that was something that that was inherited. I didn't know that it was something right. that um, it's because of the way you you basically eat and how your families um, they were raised and how they ate. But you can change Absolutely. that. And mm -hmm. you were the one who who told me that during your classes. I could not even believe it I, for the life of me. All these years. And I am 59 years old. I did not know mm -hmm. that, you know, just because your mom had diabetes, your aunt had diabetes, your grandmother had diabetes, that, um, and then you have diabetes. I thought that was something that you, you, that you, that's passed down. And it's right. really passed down because of the way they ate, the way you learned to cook too. I did not know that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say that genetics loads the gun, but your lifestyle mm -hmm. is a trigger. So that, and that's the truth. It's like, yeah, we're, we are passing down. When we talk about things going through the generations, we're not just passing down, you know, traditions and, you know, stuff like that. We're, we are passing down mm -hmm. habits. We're passing down eating styles. We are passing down unhealthy ways of coping, you know what I mean? Emotional eating, all those kinds of things. That makes a difference. That makes a difference. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like even, even the way that like, I know for me, you know, we talk about stress all oh, the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. We talk about stress a lot. And even that gets passed down. You know what I mean? If we have never seen an example of someone in our family, like our mothers or fathers or grandparents or aunts and uncles, if we've never seen them being able to manage stress, you know what I mean? How do we expect ourselves to be able to do it? We've never had that mm -hmm. example. And so a lot of us are out here for the first time, regardless of age, we're out here really trying to unlearn a lot mm -hmm. of things exactly. that are kind of like part of our conditioning. And that's, that's hard. It's hard. But it's you're doing it. You know what I mean? It's doable. You it just we're learning things a little bit differently. That's part yeah. of the journey. That's definitely part of the journey. 
I hate to interrupt this episode because I know that you are thoroughly enjoying it, but before we continue, I wanted to pop in and share something that is really important. If you're frustrated with living with type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse the root cause of this condition and get the best blood sugar of your life while also restoring your body's ability to tolerate carbs, you're going to need a simplified step-by-step plan of action that'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Not only that, you're also going to need some expert guidance to get you through this journey. Not because you can't do it on your own, but because you might have some questions and some challenges along the way. Dominating Diabetes Academy is a program that I designed to help you naturally balance your blood sugar while lowering your A1C and eliminating the need for diabetes medications. On top of that, I want you to be able to confidently take charge of your health in as little as 10 weeks. Inside DDA, you're gonna be immersed in a world where food becomes your medicine, your energy level is restored, and unstable blood sugar levels become a distant memory. To learn more about Dominating Diabetes Academy, make sure you check out the link inside the show notes and get started on your plan towards optimal health today. Now, without further ado, let's get back into today's episode. So, when you you got into did you start with the reboot first or dominating the diabetes academy? Okay, how was that experience for you? It made me dig deep when I started doing the um, videos, and I had to think about a lot of things like the stress eating. Why why mm-hmm. why do you choose this over this? You know, if you had the choice, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like I want to cry. The only thing I could come up with was um, because it's not going to matter. No matter what I do, I'm still going to have diabetes. You know, if I'm going to mm-hmm. if I'm going to um, die or pass or whatever, I might as well be happy and eat what I want. Mm-hmm. And that was how I felt for so long because I was trying to trying to manage this disease, but the disease was managing me. Right. And I can't even say I was ever depressed. Um, I would get down, but not to the point where you can't function or anything like that. It's just like, you know, it is what it is. And that's that's basically how I started to feel. Until Mm -hmm. you ask the question, why? Why do you eat the way you do? What what are your stressors? And and that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know stress played a, a big part either. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. And I was telling um, the endocrinologist, I'm like, I think I'm going through um, menopause. You know, I'm, I'm at, um, having um, hot flashes and night sweats and I'm not sleeping like I should. And, and I even asked him, does that play a part? No, no, that, that, that has nothing to do with it. But it's, mm. you know, it's, it's your home hormones. It's your body, and these these things. I started thinking to myself, and I'm like, okay, he's not even hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and when I saw the new doctor, and I was telling her, she was like, yes, of course, that does play a part. You're not sleeping at night. And then you right. told me that, and it's like, I think you told me first before she said it. And gotcha. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you the start with a circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that yeah. circadian rhythm from the yeah. jump, from mm-hmm. the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the, I mean that 
that plays such a crucial role in everything. And and a lot of people don't even realize that we have a circadian mm-hmm. rhythm. They don't know what the circadian rhythm is. That was foreign to yeah, you. Yeah, it was. Like, what is this rhythm about? Like, <laughs> you know, sleep. I did. You know, I get a few hours of sleep, but I didn't know how much sleep I needed and how it mattered. Mm-hmm. And the stress, I didn't know anything about that either. And yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were like, you know, just get up early in the morning and take that time to yourself. I would get mm-hmm. up, boom, start going. Gotta get this done, gotta get this done, gotta get ready, and be, you know, start working. Hey. Yeah. So now I get up, um, like about a half an hour earlier, and mm-hmm. I just sit and enjoy the peace and the quiet before the storm starts. And then I was that hard? It for was you at first. It was, but it's it's easy now. And then to make sure yeah. that I take that time to breathe, you know, you have an Apple Watch and you can set it for breathe. And it'll um, it'll remind me, you know, take a minute to breathe. Sometimes I'll do it like two or three times just to breathe. But it really does matter. It really does matter. Yeah. And people just would not know. Don't know it. Oh yeah, for sure. There's there's such a lack of, I won't say that there's a lack of information because there's a lot of information, but all of it's it is just now sorting yeah, through exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's sorting through it, and that's what that's what makes it really overwhelming. Is like the information is there, but there's also so much conflicting mm-hmm. information. So it's like you don't know what to believe anymore. You're like, do I do this or do I exactly. do this or what? And and it keeps you stuck. Yeah. It keeps you like from doing anything at all because you don't know what the right thing is to do. You know what I mean? And so when I created DDA, I wanted to only share the most important things that you need to know and really simplify that process. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that's why we take it week by week, you know, and we're not going from zero to a hundred. It's like, nope, we're starting with the baby steps. We're doing little, little, but those little things change our actually habits. when you, um, take your um, blood glucose, blood glucose level, um, and you say, Hey, it's going down just by doing this, you know, yeah, those little things matter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the issues is like, everyone's trying to do so much so fast that like you're barely doing mm-hmm. anything you know what yeah. i'm saying it's just like we're trying to do all the things at one time not realizing you actually just you don't need to do everything you just need to focus on doing those little things consistently yep. yeah. you know what i mean like you said waking up 30 minutes before you know the calm before the storm and just mm-hmm. sitting there just being mindful and aware and breathing that's really simple. and taking notes too. You know what I mean? Journaling. I started doing that too with your yeah. with your book. That made a difference. Oh, with the journal. <laughs> that that made a difference okay. too. Um, instead of just holding yeah. a lot of things in or asking what triggered me during the day, um, I would write stuff down. Oh, this this mm-hmm. had me upset today, and I was stressing over this, and I ate two chocolate chip cookies. You know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. You would always say, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You can start over. That that one thing, right? You know, and I love that too because it's like, okay, we're being held accountable for what we're putting in our bodies. Mm-hmm. 
but because we we did take that time to you know we we did eat it and we knew you know the possibilities especially if we didn't eat it like you say dress your food if we didn't do it like right like we were supposed to you know we were going to have that mm-hmm. spike but you know mm-hmm. it it didn't make me feel down right so. in the past would you have oh felt yeah down? of course without a doubt yeah there's a lot of guilt a lot of guilt for sure so how has your perception changed around food since joining EDA? I love food. I've always loved food. I think that's been an issue. But um, <laughs> this just made me um, realize that I can I can have that, um, do it a different way. I use a lot of um, uh, vegetable broth. Um, I steam but I was always doing that. I just figured out a different way to make the recipes that I like more healthier. Yeah, for sure. And it, for sure. We, um, I, I have people tell me all the time, um, um my people don't eat like Bart. And I say, yes, they do. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what do you mean? Yes, we do. They always say that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, hey, I love it. Good. Now I teach from the the foundation, I'll say, of a plant based diet. Was that challenging for you? Like when you first heard plant based, what were your thoughts? Okay, plant based. Um, that's always been a mystery to me. Um, okay. I still like my meat, so I don't think I'm ever gonna give yeah. that up. But I did try a yeah. lot of those things, and it's like, um, tofu was all right. That's something that you have to get mm-hmm. used to. Um, and um, I've always loved mushrooms I didn't realize you could cook mushrooms in so many different ways mm-hmm. It really, that really was the, the biggest issue um, setting a day mm-hmm. to not have any meat go meatless Yeah, um, that, was, yeah. that was it because I made um, scrambled tofu one time for breakfast <laughs> and my 15 year old grandson and my husband was like what what is this? Carrie's just smiling like, nah, babe, I, I'd rather have my idiots. But <laughs> it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> this ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> my, my grandson, he'll try anything, but he, he didn't say anything. I was just looking at his face, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. like you like it? He's like, it's all, it's all right. <laughs> It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. it definitely takes some yeah. use too. But how have, you know, one thing that we always talk about too is, you know, you got to find what mm-hmm. works for you, yeah. right? And, and basically, you know, and I've always said everyone in the world is not going to be 100% mm-hmm. plant-based. And that's not the goal, right? The goal is not to be 100% plant-based. It's to incorporate more plants or to have a mostly plant-based diet. So that could be as simple as, you know, if you're going to do your eggs in the morning, what kind of combination of veggies can you add to that? You know spinach. That was, that's where or, I go to. Spinach is you know, quick and yeah, fast. Definitely. I would scramble mm-hmm. those eggs and add that spinach and some um, red peppers and some green peppers and some onions. And yeah. hey, it's almost like a scramble yeah. omelet. And Absolutely. You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's one of the things that we talked about in depth was like 
not because I think it's really common for people to be like, okay, I have diabetes and if I want to, you know, reverse it or whatever, I need to make all these drastic changes and I'm cutting out all these food groups and I'm doing all these kinds of things. But then like that gets old mm-hmm. really quick and you get really miserable. You know what I'm saying? And so what we've always talked about is like, don't focus on like taking stuff away, focus on what you can add. You know what I mean? What, what can you add or what is missing? Or like, you know, you learned about um, doing things like the great plate mm-hmm. method, you know what I mean? Just kind of things like that, you know, having different tools in place to keep you, you know, just on, on track, you know yeah. what I mean? But also if you get off track, like what you were saying about the cookies, you know, eating cookies mm-hmm. and then you feel guilty about it or whatever, that meant that mindset shift of, yeah, I am trying my best to stay on track. But even if I get off track, I now have the tools to get right back. Exactly. I don't have to stay off track because sometimes that's harder. Getting off track and not knowing how to get back on is harder than getting off track in the first yep. place. You know what I'm saying? And that that's the value of being able to, you know, have something like DDA or even just an accountability partner or something like that in the first place. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I love, I love, love, love this. What I do want to ask is about the weight loss part of it. Cause I know that you said that your weight went up and down. What was your highest weight? And then what are you at? Um, my highest weight was 235 pounds. Uh, when I started okay. BDA, I had lost some weight. So I was like at 215. And when I got on the scale today, I was 162. And I was nice. 168. So it's fluctuating, you know, going up, going down. But I think some of it is like how mm. much water I intake during the day and stuff like right. that. But I was 162 mm-hmm. this morning. So <laughs> do you feel like what you've learned? Do you feel like what you've learned at DDA has been what has helped oh, you continue to drop heck, the weight? Yeah, I'll tell anybody. I, yeah. I still, I'll tell anybody. I can't believe it. You can basically eat what you want and still lose weight and be healthy in your A1C. Like I said, when I went to the doctor, when I started um, with dominating diabetes, my A1C was 14. I am now 6.2. Hopefully, when I go back in December, it's going to be even lower than that. And see, you you know, um, I don't do insulin anymore for the fast-acting insulin, and I take my metformin once a day. And how how often were you taking it? I was taking it twice a day. Um, It started off at um, 1,000 milligrams, but then I switched, Mm -hmm. so she put me on 500 twice a day. And now it's just the 500 once a day. Nice. I love that. Now, what is what is the reaction from your doctor at this point? She said I'm a rock star. She said, you know what? <laughs> she said, you know what? Um, we might have to have you speak to a couple people. And I'm like, I don't know. About that. <laughs> like, yeah, she was like, when I went in, she was like, oh, you are rock for this. And I, I love it, yes. you know, because before I wasn't hearing that. I wasn't, you know. I was never told that. So, yeah, it makes a difference. I love that for you. I mean, that must feel really yeah, good. Yeah, it does. That must it feel does. really good, especially given where you started. And another thing people say, like, oh, you have diabetes. Now people say, oh, you have diabetes? And I'm like, yeah, I have type 2 diabetes. And it's like, you don't look like it. And it's like, well, exactly what does my diabetic look like? And they would say, mm-hmm. remember the things I was saying about the, my skin and how dry it looked and the right. black spots and Right. Evidently, that's what they they see when you 
when you are, say you have diabetes and um, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So your skin has changed. Your hair has grown yes. back. Yeah. Uh, so how's your like energy levels? Oh. Now I remember one time you told me you was playing soccer with your kids <laughs> and and that you hadn't played soccer or, you know, just been able to like be as mm -hmm. active with them as you wanted to at one point in your life. What did that mean to you? Well, you know what I do? I have a, 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 a home daycare, so I have to be active. Right, yes. And um, mm -hmm. throwing the ball, kicking the ball, um, running. Oh, we're going to speed walk, but we, you know, we get more. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm right. Active. You know, when I used to, yeah. when we go outside, it used to be, you know, okay, I'm going to sit over here and I'll watch y'all play. But that's not the case anymore. Right. Wow. You know, I, you know, wow. I even um, hula hoop. You better hula hoop, girl. Girl. hula hoop in. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hula hoop champion of the world. I love it. <laughs> You're I love that and I know the kids are probably like, Wow, like you know what I mean? Like when I play with my son, oh, he's a totally different kid than when I'm just mm -hmm. watching him play. You know, so I know the kids are probably like so excited. Getting down on the like, floor and just doing stuff with them. I and, love and, it. and I, I my energy it. level was like real. I have to wait. Sometime I wake up and I'm like, I'm ready to get up. Because even though I have my alarm set for a certain time, there are some days when I wake up even earlier than that. Yeah. And just I'll lay in bed yeah. sometime and just reflect. Or I just get out and come downstairs and drink me a cup of tea. So we say, like, okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I love that. That is so absolutely incredible. Now, what was your highest, if you can think back, what was your highest uh, fasting glucose level? And then what is it now? Um... There are days when I used to get up in the morning and my sugars would be 300, um, 299. That's high to get up in the morning after, yeah. you know, not eating yeah. all night. And like right. this morning I got up and if I pushed my, um, my C CGM, even before we got on, when I got up this morning, it was, I think it was like 103, but that's because mm -hmm. I had a, um, a sugar-free cough drop last night. And I know that had to do with it. Gotcha. I haven't been sleeping the greatest. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. but that's because of uh, an issue that happened in the neighborhood. So it's just right. kind of like throwing everything off when it comes to sleep. Uh, right. But I, that was still pretty good considering what I used to wake up to, yeah. you know, twos and, and threes every morning, 215, yeah. 214. You know, it's like, I didn't yeah. even eat nothing else, uh, last night. Why is my sugar so high? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that your level of awareness now, like even even with what you just explained, you're like, yeah, it was 103 this morning, but I understand like this was this is what happened last night or my sleep isn't as good. Like now you you're able to connect the dots. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean? You're able to be like, OK, now I know why my blood sugar is a little bit higher than it would mm -hmm. be, you know, if all this stuff wasn't going on. Whereas before it was probably just really frustrating. For you to just be like, I it don't know why my blood exactly. sugar is up, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to have that awareness is a big deal. It like, 
it probably makes things a lot easier because you can pinpoint mm-hmm. why. You know what I'm saying? That matters. Yeah, it does. That matters. But a lot of people don't yeah. know that. I'm not going to even say a lot of people. Uh, when it, when you first find out that you're a diabetic, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody because like you said, most people see, oh, you're just a diabetic. No. If you do this mm-hmm. and you do that, you'll be all right. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so. sure. For sure. What do you think is for you, like, I guess, what are you most grateful for at this point in your journey? That I have the tools to, um, to fight this and that I love it. hopefully within the next few months, I will see myself clear on any medication and be done with, with the whole issue. I'm not going to say done, but I know how to, to reverse it, to help myself. How do you imagine yourself feeling when it's done? Like, let's, let's envision real quick. We're going to imagine real quick. So you go to the doctor. So, so happy. Oh, um, yeah. Overjoyed wouldn't even begin to explain it. Because, you know, my grandmother, she lost both her legs to diabetes. Um, my mom um, lost her life to diabetic complications. Um, and I want to be around for a while to see my grandkids get, get older, to see my, you know, why, um, my kids, you know, get older. Mm-hmm. No child should have to bury a parent. So yeah. I do what I do, not just for them, but for me too. I, they need me as much as I need them. And thank you so much because you helped me so much. I, I'm out. I, I can't even say it enough. Thank you so, so much. Because of you, you are so my whole life has changed. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you for um, trusting me. You know, I'm glad that you, you know, had the courage. Uh, you know, you, you have to have courage in order to even admit that you need help. You know what I mean? That you need more than just what you're able to do on your own. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm so proud of you for not just going through the academy, you know what I mean? But really, really, even in your setbacks, because I remember there were times where we'd be on the live Q&A sessions and you would just be defeated, just completely defeated and I remember telling you like you got this you got and you never stop saying that and I would hear that Mm -hmm. um I remember even after the one um the one class um you stayed on just to talk to me and that made such a big difference because you believed in me absolutely and even when I thought I couldn't do it or I was beginning to get that defeated feeling you told me I had it. So I had to prove you right. <laughs> <laughs> and you are doing it. And I know you're going to continue to do it. I, I mean, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And I hope that you are proud of yourself. Like you've come a really, a really long way. And I'm going to still be here. Cheerleading as soon as you get to that disappointment <laughs> and you find out there's no more diabetes, we throw in a whole party and it's going to be all good. Sherry, thank you so much for your time and for your courage and sharing your story. 
And I am just hoping that even if it just reaches one person, that they are just inspired by you. Is there anything else that you wanted to say that we haven't covered today? No, I think we covered everything. Just um, if anyone hears this, they can do it. Don't feel like you can't do it. You can do it. I'm here to tell you that it's possible. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. Thank you so much for your time, for your space, for your energy. Listen, we checking okay. back. We go. We want that good report. And then, like I said, we throw a party. It's gonna be a virtual party. We're inviting all DDA students, and we just gonna be live. And I'll hear you. I'll hear you. I'm ready for it. Man. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Thank you. You take all right. care. <laughs>